management should require a different skill set. And the reason I'm saying that is like so many people that are in IT that get promoted to management, so often they got promoted because they were the best technical person. Yeah. And they get promoted and then they stay in that technical mindset. And people like those people to be leaders because it's like anytime I ever have a technical question, I can come to them and they can yeah. answer my question. But the problem is they aren't developed. The leader isn't focused on developing the people as like developing them professionally, working yeah. with them personally, working through problems, stuff like that. So my entire perspective on leadership is that like I shouldn't be the technical subject matter expert. No degree, no problem. Any problem we can solve them. LinkedIn Somnia keeps us evolving. We growing in the knowing, the wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends, invite them to subscribe, and connect with us on social media. So today's guest is Anthony Disney. Do you mind giving a brief intro of yourself? Yeah. My name, as you said, Anthony Disney. I uh, am here in the States in Northwest Arkansas. I am an IT professional uh, with a interesting background of, you know, dropping out of college and uh, getting into the finance space. I worked, worked in banking for a while uh, and eventually found my passion in IT and have been in IT for about a decade now doing various uh, IT jobs. Uh, I'm very happily married to my high school sweetheart. That's awesome. Uh, met her at I was 15, 14 or 15 years old. We've been married for quite a while now. I think we're coming up on our 15th year next Man, year. So congrats. appreciate that. We've got three amazing children and uh full-time, you know, I got a full-time job and I'm trying to do stuff online now in the career and leadership space as well. So busy man, busy man. Yeah, you're doing good things. You're doing good things. So let's kind of take it back. Would you want to be in high school? Uh, I didn't, I, I struggled to have career aspirations in high school. Um, I'm pretty sure I wanted to be a football coach cause I was pretty good at football for a small school in Arkansas. Um, wanted, thought I wanted to play athletics professionally, but you pretty quickly realize that you're just, you know, that that's a different, that's a different beast, yeah. man. Um, so College athletics didn't work out for me. Um, so I, I did end up going to college because my parents wanted me to go. And I thought, how can I make a whole bunch of money? I could be a dentist. So that's where I was at like 18 years old is I'm going to go to college and I'm going to be a dentist. And I got into college and I learned really quickly uh, through some self-reflection that I don't want to be digging around in people's mouths all day. So that doesn't sound fun. So Let's be a football coach, I thought. Uh, so I started taking some classes in education. You know, part of being a football coach, a high school football coach, is you're also a teacher. So I was sitting in a lot of classrooms, um, shadowing teachers in local schools, and pretty quickly realized I didn't want to do that. So then I was a little bit lost, and my dad was using his retirement money to pay for my college. And I was like, not about to waste any more of this dude's money. I'm just going to drop out and get a job. So dropped out and uh, one day I was like playing video games at my friend's house and my 
girlfriend, wife, girlfriend at the time was like looking for jobs for me. She's like, look, a bank teller job. That sounds fun. I'm like, sure. So applied for that. And um, I've actually been at that company ever since for the past for the past 15 years. I've worked at the same company and just done various jobs on the bank side and then now on the IT side. Nice. So how was it like being a bank teller? I liked being a bank teller. I was a 19-year-old kid, not many responsibilities in life. You know, I was newly married, but didn't have like a ton of financial obligations. Um had a small rent payment, small house with my wife. And so uh, I really enjoyed being a bank teller. But, you know, as you as you grow in life and uh, things start costing more money and you want to have kids and stuff, you need to make more money. So I had to advance. No, I get it. Now, how'd you sort of move up? Because I know sometimes it's hard to move from the bank telling side to other sides of the company. I guess, I mean... I don't think I really recognized this in myself, but my dad, I think through sports uh, growing up, instilled a pretty strong work ethic in me to to excel in whatever I'm doing. And so I worked really hard to be good at what I did. Um, and that opened up some opportunities for me to advance in the bank side. So I got several promotions over like that four-year period of I was a teller and then I was the vault teller. So responsible for like the oh, vault. That's big stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, then I moved over onto like, I was opening accounts, uh, doing like investment type stuff. And then I eventually started selling loans and doing credit cards and stuff like that. And every six months to a year, it was just like opportunities would open up and I'd be like, I think I could do that. And I'd apply for it. And because I had, you know, proven myself in my previous jobs uh, by excelling and, and, you know, they set goals for you in, in banks, like you need to have this many sales or whatever. And I was always exceeding those sales goals. Uh, so it was pretty easy to to sell myself in interviews and stuff. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Now, what was like that big first moment? Like, wow, I'm, this is serious. I'm moving up. Or what was your big first accomplishment? I never took my career seriously, quite honestly, until I got into IT. And so I was at one point um, in, in the job where I was doing a lot of like lending and credit card type stuff. I, it was like the first time I was around 22, 23 years old. The first time that I really was like, I need to take my career seriously and really questioned like my passions. Because up to that point, it's like, you know, as a kid, I just like watched my mom and dad like they're, they have they go to work every day. Like, that's just what you do. Yeah. It doesn't matter you know, if you like it or I, I don't think I ever even considered like, do they like their job? I don't think that ever crossed my mind as a kid. That didn't ever cross my mind either. So I, I just, it was just like, this is life. I have to work a job. Yeah. At like 23, 24 years old, I started really questioning my desires and my passions and talked to a good, two good friends of mine. And they both were like, man, you really like IT stuff. And I hadn't ever worked in IT, but I really liked, like, I hacked my iPhone. Like, every iPhone I got, I was, like, jailbreaking my iPhone and doing yeah. stuff with it and building computers and stuff like that. And they're like, why don't you get a job in IT? And one of my friends was in IT, and he's like, yeah, dude, if you want to make a bunch of money, like, IT is where it's at. So I got I got into IT, and how many children interrupt your podcasts? Kids come all the time, so it's all good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, so 
yeah, I got into IT and that's when I really started like taking it seriously because I I was like, this is my career. This is what I'm passionate about. I really this is where I really want to actually excel. And I started like defining like, okay, in like five years, I'm an currently I'm an entry level IT guy. I really like what those like systems administrators are doing. So in like, you know, five years, that's where I want to be. And so I started like really taking it seriously, studying a lot, um, implementing what I'm studying at home into my job to excel and really stand out. So that was a long answer to that question. But no, I mean, I, I like long answers because it's like careers are long. Now, how'd you go about learning these things? Yeah, most of my experience and skills specifically in the IT space were just developed on the job. To even land the job, I sat down with uh, a bu- that buddy of mine who was already in IT. And, you know, one of the things I tell every, I've told everybody for years, the old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. That's like a cornerstone of my success. I think over time it morphed into it's what you know multiplied by who you know. That's what I say. A lot of people, because if you don't know anything, you need to know like the CEO, right? Right. <laughs> the more things you know, you don't need to know as high up. But if you know the right people and know the right things, the sky's the limit. It's definitely the combination of the two that has um, really worked out for me. And it's leveraging who you know to grow what you know. Oh, I love that. Um, so my buddy who was in IT, uh, he sat me down it was like one day, like I went to his house, like on a weekend and he's like, these are the fundamentals of IT support. You need to know these things. And it was like commands, command script, all these different batch scripts, like how to do IP troubleshooting and all these different things. And I like took extensive notes and he's like, this will get you through the interview. And so, yeah, I, <laughs> I applied for that job and they called me and they're like, we just need to run you through this like pre-screen to make sure you even know what you're talking about. And they literally asked me like all the stuff that he had just gone over with me. And it was, it was like perfect. And I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, I know all about commands, command line stuff. <laughs> and yeah. like, really, it really, it was what I learned in like four hours at his house. Um, but then I get in the interview and they're like asking me all these questions and I'm like, uh, I just like to jailbreak phones and stuff. And they, they liked that. And yeah. they ended up giving me the opportunity because they saw that I worked really hard to be really good at what I what what I did in every position. And I was like, I promise you guys, if you give me the opportunity, I will learn this so fast and I will be a top performer. Like just give me the opportunity. Yeah. And um so so from there it was like they gave me the job and it was all on the job training and on the job education. No, that's amazing. So now you got the first job. How was it? Because now you actually have to execute those command line scripts and all that. Dude, so that was help desk technician or service desk technician, best job I've ever had. Like I loved that job. I would do that for my entire life if it paid more money. Yeah. Um, man, I love that job. I learned so much. And at, at a help desk, you get exposed to, I was exposed to like, you know, PC troubleshooting, phone, uh, telecommunications, uh, mobile device management, website troubleshooting, networking, information security, program like it's everything's coming at you like every time you answer the phone literally we always said for two years every day you're going to run into something you've never seen before and even after that it's it's going to happen quite a bit and that job was so rewarding and so fun i loved loved that job so 
because I loved it so much and it aligned with like what I actually enjoyed. Like I remembered when I worked in the banks and I'd call them and they'd be like, help desk, this is whoever. And I'd be like, yeah, my computers, whatever. I thought they were like superheroes. They like get yeah. a computer and like, I'd see them like typing all the stuff and I'm like, this is so cool. So like the fact that I got to be that guy and then like I would get in the computer and I'd pull up their command prompt and they'd, you know, they'd make comments about like, man, I have no idea what it's so cool what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's cool, man. And so what came next? Like you got really good at it. How long did you do that for? I was in the help desk entry level job for just over two years. That's like one of the longest runs in any job I've had. Um, most jobs I was in like six months to a year before I was promoted. Uh, but I really, really liked that. Eventually, about two years in, I got promoted to level two at the help desk. So when the frontline technicians couldn't resolve something, it got escalated to the second level. And so I, I got that job. Really, really enjoyed that job too. But I was only able to be in that job for six months because they wanted to promote, promote me to supervisor of the service desk. So I then supervised the front side of the service desk, that first level um, help desk team. Uh, did that for a while. I questioned my career at that point. Why? Because management should require a different skill set. And the reason I'm saying that is like so many people that are in IT that get promoted to management, so often they got promoted because they were the best technical person yeah. and they get promoted and then they stay in that technical mindset. And people like those people to be leaders because it's like, anytime I ever have a technical question, I can come to them and they can yeah. answer my question. But the problem is they aren't developed. The, the, the leader isn't focused on developing the people as like developing them professionally working yeah. with them personally, working through problems, stuff like that. So my entire perspective on leadership is that like, I shouldn't be the technical subject matter expert. I should be much more focused on helping you grow in your career and accomplish the things in your career. And I can't focus on that stuff if I'm like troubleshooting a server or something. Yeah. I questioned at that point, like, is this really what I want to do? Because I was really enjoying that technical stuff. So I actually jumped back over into the technical space. I got that scene, that systems administrator position from that supervisor job. And uh, I was glad I did it, but I learned that's not what I wanted. It's not what I wanted. I, I enjoyed working with people and um, ended up getting the job that I'm in now that I've been in for about three years where I'm managing a team of systems administrators uh, and I love it. I love working with, I love leading a team of technical people. It's, it's, it's awesome. How did you learn those people management skills? Because it's, it's not easy. And some people never learn it, right? They may have that title, but they never learn it. How'd you go about learning it? So this is another thing that I think I am a natural leader. And I always have been all the way back to like, when I think about my childhood, when I was doing sports and stuff, I always just kind of naturally stepped into the leadership role and like encouraging my teammates and stuff like that. So I don't know if that's like a, a parenting thing from my dad who instilled leadership things into me or what, but like, it's just part of who I am uh, is, is, is half of the answer to that. The other half is primarily through books. Um, I have studied and studied the craft of leadership because it, like I said, it is a completely different skill set that you really do need to develop intentionally. Are there any books that you would recommend? Of course. This is the number, the, the number one book I recommend to literally everyone. It sits 
It sits within arm's reach of me every single yeah. day. Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Uh, this, if you read this book and you don't like what he says, you are not, you're not cut out for leadership. Um, that is the foundation. I couldn't have better articulated my thoughts on leadership than he, like that book is freaking perfect. Um, other than that, uh, let's see, let me look at my bookshelf. There's a book called Radical Candor uh, by an author named Kim Scott. I really like her book and I like Brene's Brown, okay. Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. Uh, I like that one as well. But Jocko, man, like you can't really see this quote right over here, but this yeah. is a Jocko quote I've got on my wall. Discipline equals freedom. Okay. I, I'm a Jocko guy through and through. And if you were to ever read only one book on leadership, it should be extreme ownership. Yeah, I have a quote. It was from Wrestling Camp, and it says, discipline is doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. Yep. And that was like a lot of things. It's like, do I want to do it? No. Do I want to do it now? No. Okay, I got to do it. So it's really important, but discipline does lead to a lot of good things because no matter what you do, you need discipline to power through, and there are going to be things you don't like doing, but to get to where you want to get to, you sort of have to do those things. Now, was there any major breakthroughs you had in your career? And let's talk about, obviously, not your whole career, but more about when you started leading that team. Was there, obviously, it's not easy. You're dealing with new situations because people are more complex. What was the time where you're like, okay, wow, this is a big milestone? So the interesting thing about leadership, and I think the reason that I struggled to pinpoint exactly where I wanted to be in IT was is because the payoff for all of your work in leadership is delayed. So when you're an IT guy... You know, a ticket comes in, I work the ticket, boom, gratification, dopamine hit, I'm good, I'm successful. Yeah, I go home, I close 52 tickets today, I'm successful. Uh, but with leadership, it's like, okay, um, this person wants to be at this point in their career, and we need to work for six months to develop a skill set and help them get there. Or this person's really struggling with communication, and I got to coach them through it. They're not cutting it. It just, it takes so long to get the rewards out of a leadership position. Um, it took me a long time to realize that. And it was part of the reason I, I realized up front, like, I don't like this job because I'm not getting that gratification every single day. But that, that's that been a pretty big, I guess, aha moment for me was that realization and that the things that you do every day compound over time and event, you get really, really big payouts and they're much more rewarding uh, as a leader than they are those, you know, 52 tickets he close every day. I love that perspective because I'm an assistant wrestling coach and I keep in touch with the kids like years. So some of them, they graduated and now they're like in the third, fourth year of college. And you kind of see like those things early on that they still keep it up, that they're still proactive, that they still take initiative. But it's it is that long payoff. Right? And it's it's amazing because it's like, those things pay off. And I would say youth sports are a great way to really push yourself, especially at a young age, because you're passionate about it and you want to get good. And I, I wrestled. So that really just taught me a lot. And it's something that I carry through to me to this day. Now, was there any point that you kind of struggled? I mean, you've always gotten promoted really quick. You seem to like really grasp. Was there any point that you kind of were like, all right, I'm, I'm struggling now. And why did you struggle? You know, I don't like when people say great question, but that was a great question. Uh, and here's why. 
at one point I tried to get a certain high level technical position and I was like, for sure, I was going to get this job. Uh, I was actually like pretty good friends with the manager and I applied for it. Interviewed interview was awesome. I was like, I'm definitely getting this job. Well, there was just like random dude from outside the company that applied with like 20 years of experience and all this junk. And my, the manager sat me down. He's like, man, I'm really sorry, but we're going another route. And I was just like, what? Cause I'm so used to like, not to sound like conceited, but like yeah. most of the time when I applied for a promotion, I got it. I wasn't used to not getting jobs. And so that hurt, uh, that like really challenged my ego and that's one of the things Jocko talks about all the time is like your ego is can destroy a lot of things in your life. Um, I can look back on that moment in my career as a pivotal moment because that was the first time that there was like a, a what I perceived to be a significant failure that led to like massive opportunities because I didn't get that. I actually considered opportunities I wouldn't have previously considered. And it ended up leading me down the path that I went down, which is where I'm at today. Pretty ironically, actually, it just happened again, like last week, two jobs that I applied for uh, that I thought were the next steps in my career. Uh, interviewed really well, I thought. One of the interviews wasn't great. One of the interviews, I was like, there's literally no way I don't get this job. And I didn't get either of them. And I was, again, like the ego comes in and it's like, you know, you question your worth and your value and your skills and all this stuff. But I keep going back to that moment. And I'm like, this is good. Something really good is going to come out of this. Like, I'm so confident of it. I think it's probably all the stuff that I'm doing online. I think if I were to get one of those two promotions, I would have to like go all in and I would have to pull back from everything that I'm trying to do on the side. At least I hope that that's what comes out of what could have been perceived as two like major failures and setbacks in my career. So yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's the biggest one. What are some mistakes you've made along the way? My very first entry level leadership job, my, that supervisory job at the service desk, there was this one associate that was a struggle uh, for me. We clashed real bad. He wasn't a bad associate by any means, but he and I had very different personalities and he expected a lot out of his leader and I was brand new to it. So I was, you know, really, really still trying to learn every day. And it was something as simple as like we were redoing everybody's seating assignments in at the service desk. And there were a couple of associates we wanted to be in particular spots for various reasons. And he was one of them. And so... I was like, well, for everyone else, we don't care where they sit. So we did like a randomized like drawing. Um, so I like put all these numbers, like a number. When they would draw a number out of the hat, it would like that, that number went with a certain desk in the service desk or whatever. Well, so I held out a number. I know I want him in that one desk. And so I held it out and I was like, he'll just draw last. So like I go around and everybody's drawing and then I drop that last number in and I go to him. He didn't see me do it, but I go to him. He draws it. He opens it and he like looks at me. He's like, really? Like he just knew. And I was like, what? I can't help what numbers are in the hat. And I was not truthful with him. And I regret that to this day. And he knew I wasn't. And he talks about how it like destroyed trust and he would never trust me again. And, you know, as much as I tried to apologize, because I did, I eventually brought him into my office. I'm like, man, I, I went about that the wrong way. Um, 
I did want you in that specific spot and I should have just told you. Uh, so I'm glad on how I ultimately handled it. And I'm also glad that it happened at that point in my career because it, it wasn't that big of a, you know, a big mistake. But I learned like right then, like, okay, for the rest of my career, I'm operating out of honesty and integrity because this, this was terrible. Um, so yeah, that would be the biggest one for sure. Oh, I mean, that's good to know. I mean, it happens, right? We, we do those things and it's like, it's going to happen and it's more about the reaction and how that inner person feels. Now, how has the IT industry changed over time? Because it's evolving much more tools, growing much more necessary. I know security is like a bigger focus. What are the things that you've witnessed? I mean, there's been a pretty big transition in recent years to cloud technology. Lots and lots of companies are transitioning out of on-prem storage solutions to cloud solutions like Google Cloud, Amazon Web Services, and Microsoft Azure. I think developing a, a cloud skill set, there's quite a bit of free training online, uh, pretty cheap certifications as well on any of those solutions. So if you are in IT or you're wanting to get into IT, I think you need to really look into cloud um, cloud solutions and cloud support. Lots of automation. Automation is like a fundamental piece of most organizations these days. Scripting. PowerShell is one of my favorite and my team's favorite um, tools to develop automations and, and various solutions to, to user problems. We've built an entire, we, we built this entire application at my company that auto resolves user problems when they boot up their computer. Uh, it was like users would call the service desk with like these, you know, 10 common problems that could be resolved really easily. And we wrote an entire like we wrote an entire program in PowerShell that just runs when they boot up and it does all these different systems checks and auto fixes their problems. So we reduced calls to our service desk by like 30% just with PowerShell. It's it's crazy. That's on your resume, right? Uh should be. That that particular example. Uh I think that it yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. should be. I I yeah. just sounded like, hey, automated things, 30% less service calls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is. Yeah. So what would you say is your biggest accomplishment? I think it's a marrying of these, like that, that specific project that I just told you. That was one of my proudest like technical and project accomplishments. Um, but I think a lot about when I retire, what I'm going to look back on my career and, and be proud of. And it's, it's hands down going to be how I was able to help people in their careers. And so there's multiple people that thought they didn't possess the skills or like they dropped out of college and they, they thought they hit a ceiling in their career and I was able to help them. Like one guy who dropped out of college uh, within the last six months, I helped him get a cloud engineer position with Amazon. And like, wow. he never thought he could get that without a degree. Uh, but he worked really hard to develop skills. I helped him through the interview process and he got that job and he's, he makes more money than I make. Like he makes yeah. a ton of money and uh, he's super happy over there. So those are the things that I think when I look back on my career, I'm going to be most proud of. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing because I come across a lot of people who think they don't have the right background, that don't have the right things. And it's like, look, I find that if you spend three to six months working really hard, I mean, sometimes longer, but three to six months, you can make a big difference and you can at least move in the direction. There's still work to be done after that but you can significantly change your life if you do the right things. 
yeah. three to six months. So thank you for facilitating that. Yeah. Now, thinking back, what would you say is the hardest thing you ever went through? In my career? Yeah, let's say career and then life. Uh, probably working for bad leaders. Um, there's There's been a couple of leaders that stick out in my mind that really held me back. And by held me back, I mean, like I was a leader of a team, but then like if I knew we needed to increase staffing or whatever to make our work environment less sucky, like yeah. there was a season we went through where everybody hated to come to work because it was like all day, every day, there was like 20 calls in queue. They could never get them all done. We're talking all the time about like, get your call times down, all this stuff. But like, I knew we needed more people and I could not get my leadership to approve it. Those were very tough. And then like before that, like pretty early in my career, I just had a super, super bad leader that was like micromanager, didn't actually care about me, just wanted us to like hit sales goals and stuff. But other than that, like I I think I've had a relatively fortunate uh, career that there's not like been any like major, major setbacks or anything. Was there a time the sort of lack of a degree held you back? Yeah, there's been some jobs I've applied for where they told me I, I couldn't. They they rejected my application because I didn't have the the degree. Now my company, they say like, okay, to get this job, you have to have a, a college a bachelor's degree plus two years of experience. If you don't have a bachelor's degree, what they call equivalent work experience is two years of work experience for every one year that you would have been in college, aka. Eight years of work experience to make up for not having a bachelor's degree. Wait, eight? I thought it would be the other way. You need to have two to... Oh my God, that's two for each year. Oh man. So a four-year degree would require eight years of work experience plus the additional two years that they said you need. Wow. So for like a mid-level systems administrator job, I would have had to have had 10 years of work experience. Man, that's crazy. But not every company is like that. And I think these days, a lot of companies are, especially like the larger companies like Amazon, the reason that that kid was able to get that job was I think they've really loosened up their restrictions on or requirements on degrees. Um, and some companies will like make exceptions. Um, so it, it's held me up a couple of times. What's funny is uh, for some of my jobs that I've applied for, they're like, well, you're just like two years of experience short or three years. And I'm like, well, I was a lifeguard in high school for three years. And they're like, yeah, put that on there and we're good. And I'm like, that's okay. (laughs) It's pretty funny, really. Yeah, it's interesting how things work. And I I kind of see things just changing just because in technology, it's like, well, you're not going to hire me, but Amazon will. So what can you do? It's like a company that makes way more money and is much more whatever efficient, whatever you want to call it, is yeah. going to hire, you know, they really have to change things yeah. and all that. Now, if you were to give any advice to your 18-year-old self, and in today, so your 18-year-olds, you see your 18-year-old self on the street today in 2022, what advice would you give them? All right. So honestly, it, it might seem a little bit weird, but I actually, when I look back at those like three or first three or four years in my career where I was basically just goofing around and not really on a path. I actually appreciate that I had that time. Like I said, like that teller job was a lot of fun. Like I just went to work and like hung out with my friends every day and cash checks and stuff. Yeah. Like be thinking long-term. I wasn't thinking long-term and I think I could have benefited from that because while I was in like those kind of just silly jobs, 
I could have been working to develop skills for the long-term play. Um, so I, I think I probably would have done that, but at the same time, like now, like husband, father of three working really hard to feed five, uh, five mouths around here. It's like super serious all the time. I look back and I appreciate those years where it was just pretty chill. Um, so like, don't take it too seriously, but at the same time, take it seriously. At the it's same, a hard balance. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the freedom. Think long-term and develop some valuable skills. I think I would put it in that nutshell. Okay, I love that. Now, what advice would you give to someone young who's looking to sort of break into IT and sort of get into the position? What would you kind of recommend? Because I see a lot of people in tech and help desk is one of those things that a lot of people don't realize that you don't need a college degree if you can get it and it can lead you to a lot of good opportunity. Yeah, that's the answer. Like if you want to get into IT and you feel like you have no experience, you need to get into a help desk. And, you know, a lot of people will talk negatively about help desk jobs. Um, but like I said, I absolutely loved it. And the amount of exposure you're going to get to all the different technologies, like you're not going to get that opportunity in any other job. It is a fantastic starting point for an IT career to develop a pretty broad range of skills. I will say some help desks, it's like the very first level, like you literally just take the information, type it into a ticket and escalate it and you don't do any troubleshooting. I would hope that that wouldn't be the situation for you. And if it is, like do your best to become the second tier where you're actually able to work the tickets. If you're just typing out technical problems, you're not going to get much value there. So hopefully you can land in a service desk where the first line the first line technician is actually doing troubleshooting. Um, so look for that for sure. Are there any like certifications you'd recommend to sort of set yourself apart? No. Uh, now, I guess it depends. If you, if you want to be in information security, certifications over there are like wildly valuable. So like Security Plus, all that stuff. Go, go yeah. look into that for sure. If you want to get into IT and you don't know where you want to go, you could do like an A plus certification. It's mostly like printer troubleshooting and stuff yeah. like that. I've never been like, I don't think anything's more valuable than hands-on experience. Um, you can pursue it. I've seen people with like a resume with like 30 different certifications that they got. Wow. Um, and I'm just like, cool, but tell me about your work experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cause after a certain point, it's like, okay, you got a few, what are you doing now? Right. Now, is there something you want to share that you haven't shared already? I say this a lot, and it's mostly relevant for people who are in more fortunate situations. I've had people calling me out on some of the stuff that I'm putting on Twitter because um, I, I talk a lot about getting a career that aligns with your passions. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't chase money and all this stuff. And I've got, for whatever reason, a large portion of my following is from like, East and South Africa and, yeah, yeah. and other parts of the world that are not as fortunate yeah. uh, as we are. And I recognize that. And I understand that, you know, the financial needs of other people in other parts of the world, I, I, I've never been in that situation. So I can't even speak to that. So I, I can only speak from my perspective and for the people that are, you know, 18 year old American people with here in America, despite where you're at on the, on the ladder in America, our opportunities here are significantly greater than other parts of the world. So to that audience, I say, unplug your brain from the career mentality for a minute 
and think about yourself as a human being and what it is you're passionate about and what brings you fulfillment. Find a career that aligns with that and chase a career that will provide you fulfillment. Money will come because if you're fulfilled, you're going to work really hard to be really good at what you do because it's going to be fun. One thing to keep in mind, there is not a single job out there. I've not run into it that doesn't have something that sucks about it. Yeah. That's going to, there parts of jobs suck. But if you can get like 80, 90% of a job that's like, this is freaking awesome, but you have to spend 10% of your job in really boring meetings, that's, it. that's fine. Yeah. Um, chasing that is far more rewarding than chasing money. I've seen way too many people that are like, my goal is to get to a six-figure job. Then they get to a six-figure job and they're like, my life sucks. I hate this. But then they've upscaled their like cost of living. Yeah. And then they're like, I can't, I can't pivot. Because if I want to jump over, I got to go down to the bottom of the ladder and I'm going to be making 50K over there and I'm making 110 right now. Don't put yourself in that position. Yeah, I see a lot of people do. And I, I want to clarify what you said. So when people say follow your passions, a lot of people don't realize your passion can be solving problems. Absolutely. Your passion can be working with people, growing people. Your passion can be making customers happy and all that. Because people think like passion, my passion is art or video games. And it's like, no, no, no. kind of step back. And kind of think of like, what are the things you like doing? What are the types of tasks? And step back. It's like, why do you like them? Because, hey, I get to see the result. I get to see someone be happy. And there are many ways and many types of jobs you can make people. And now it's like figuring out which skill sets, which direction you want to go. Some people are passionate about learning. Some people are passionate about growth. Some people are passionate about challenging themselves. So I think people really need to think about that mindset because oftentimes they just think like, well, I'm passionate about drawing. How do I make money out of that? And it's like, what do you like about drawing? It's that creativity aspect. Okay, yeah. what jobs can help you be creative? And I think once people do that, then you can actually get realistic careers. And also, one thing that I didn't really consider was that your passions can change or you can yeah. have multiple passions. Yeah. Um, maybe you're super passionate about playing video games, but yeah. you can't get a career playing video games. Uh, what's your other passion? Uh, or as you said, what is it about video? Is it the competitive nature? Is it uh, that you enjoy the you know the achievements and the dopamine hits that you get and all that stuff? Like find a career like for for real. You get so many dopamine hits every single day. Every time you solve an IT problem, it's like yes, yeah, fix that issue. On to the next one. It's like you're gamifying your freaking career. Yeah. Um, so. For me, the realization I had one day was that like your, your passions can change. As an 18-year-old kid, I thought, oh, I'm so passionate about sports and, you know, football and all this stuff. And then, you know, you get out of like that ecosystem of high school and like all your yeah. football buddies. And then like you start to like find a different part of yourself that wasn't there before. You didn't see it before. And it's like passions can change and that's fine. And I think I highly encourage that you go with the flow, go find some other thing that that aligns with that passion. Have you ever felt insecure about not having the degree? No. Okay. So I've actually, as I said, I started, uh, I, I went for two semesters at like 18 or 19. Um, definitely didn't get two semesters worth of uh, courses under my belt. I dropped out or failed multiple. Um, as an adult, I have gone back multiple times, like two or three times. The last time I went back, I was like, okay, this time I'm going to go ahead and finish my degree because I was like, I don't, I'm getting pretty high in, on the ladder. And like, if I want to get like a CIO job or yeah. whatever, they're probably going to need me to have a degree. But dude, it was such, 
it was soul sucking going yeah. through those courses. I was like, I, I know all of this. I've learned all of this in my career. There's no value here. And now it has become a, like, I'm going to prove how far I can get without a degree. I love it. And like, I'm, I'm going to be pretty opposite with my kids that my, my, like my parents were like, you have to get a degree. And my aunt, I remember my aunt would always say to me, like, people can take everything away from you, but they can never take the education you get. I'm, I'm just like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm going to strongly encourage my kids. Like there's certain careers. If you want to be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, sure. Go to college. If you want to be in business management, don't even waste your time. Yeah. Now, can you talk about like salaries? Like what are the salaries that someone can expect to make, you know, doing what you do? Well, so like help desk type jobs, you're probably looking at 30 to 40 K of course, cost of living is going to like Silicon, you know, if you're in California versus where I'm at in the country, it's going to, it's going to vary quite a bit. So I guess like a broad average might be somewhere between 30 and 50 K if you're getting into those mid-level, higher-level technical positions, those can those can range quite a bit from sixty to six sixty k to six figures, depending on how high up you know. If you're entry-level systems administrator versus a senior systems administrator, you might come in at like sixty k, and in the senior range, you might be eighty, eighty-five, ninety. Uh, if you get into the systems architecture, cloud engineer type stuff, you're you're well over six figures at that point. Um, and then if you're like an IT management, you're in at around the slightly above the six figure range. And the beauty of IT is if you don't like one, you can make lateral moves, you can make moves up, you can sort of take a step back, you can get certifications. There's a lot of areas Absolutely. and all the previous knowledge kind of helps you to the next one. So I really want to thank you for your time. This is cool. I really appreciate you. Thank you for being a guest in the No Degree Podcast. Appreciate it, man. I had a great time. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and we'll go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree inc if you want to personally reach out to me connect or follow me on linkedin at janaid iqbal spelled j-o-n-a-e-d last name i-q-b-a-l until next time no degree no problem no degree.com <laughs>